Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This rose is different. A little. It's never going to wilt. It'll last forever. And it's a symbol of the love that we have for each other. So, So, Teresa, will you accept this rose? Oh my God, yes! (laughs) Welcome to Game of Roses, this pace case. This is Bachelor Clues. Tonight, we have completed the first season of golden bachelor history is made now there was a lot of talk today about an article that came out yesterday in the hollywood reporter uh Mm -hmm. exposing gary for having had a year and a half live-in relationship that was never mentioned in the golden bachelor in the entire season and we thought he might be made to answer for it we learned he was not i was fascinated by that 
Absolutely fascinated. I didn't think he was going to. Look, we talked about the article during our live and Clues went to Conspiracy Town and said, I think the producers were in on this article. And I was like, if they bring it up, I will believe you. And they didn't bring it up. So now I believe they weren't in on it. Yeah. I don't believe they were in on it either now. Obviously not. They they swept it under the rug. I do believe high-end producers knew about this relationship and told him to lie about it, and they protected him, which was the right move, honestly. Yeah, you think Gary didn't say all his relationships? No way. Well, even if he didn't... He said, oh, producers, I had one long relationship. You gonna be the Bachelor? You gonna be the first Bachelor in a new spinoff franchise? They are bra- background checking the fuck out of you. Yeah, they definitely knew whether he mentioned it or not. They 100 percent knew. Right. Uh, in my opinion, of course, this is all in my opinion. But um, we saw him skate away from this pretty much unscathed. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Teresa has questions about it now. But honestly, I'm glad. Me too. Me too. It upheld the sanctity. It upheld the sanctity. Golden season. <laughs> That's correct. It was untarnished, yeah. even by this Hollywood Reporter article. It's not like the Eric Schwer situation where I felt like needed to be addressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. I agree with you. Um, you know, I do think still, I think it, it will go down like with an asterisk. It's like Roger Maris hitting 61 home runs that year with the asterisk. Mm. You know, if there's a little something off. It didn't end. I always remember that man for his asterisk. It didn't end cleanly. Did they juice or... Uh, he got, I believe, an extra like two games or something in that season. Why? I can't remember. Is that what the asterisk was for? I don't remember. There was something. He hit 61 home runs. <laughs> Clearly, the asterisk doesn't matter. No, it does. He hit 61 home runs that season, which was the most any player had hit in any single season. But I believe he had like extra plate appearances or something. There was oh. something about it that put an asterisk next to it that was like, it can't truly be compared with these other people had who had like 60, like Babe Ruth had 60. Yeah, something like that. It wasn't three all-star games, but whatever. Uh, at any rate, all that said, what a fantastic season. We're going to break down this finale for you now. Can't wait to get into it. So good. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Guess how many times I cried. Mm-hmm. Let me give you one during the FEMA breakup. Let me give you one yes. during the couple coming out. Let me give you one during the heartbreak hot seat. I'm going to go. Let me give you one during children crying. I'm going to give you four. How many you got? Two. What? Two? You got the first one right. Okay. You didn't get the second one right. I don't know how you didn't. It was. During the proposal. When BIP 9 started? It was during the proposal. Oh, the proposal. When he fucking left her hanging on that. And I didn't <laughs> think I was going to... I didn't think... I was like, after yeah. he broke up with Fe- with FEMA, I was like, I'm not going to cry during the proposal. I don't... I'm fine. And then it has still happened. Yeah. I cried zero times, as you can imagine. <laughs> but uh, we opened the show with... The intro. Shot of a volcano. Oh, what a great shot. It's the opening it's shot. beautiful. It looks like AI. It's a beautiful shot, but it's also a, something's going to erupt. It is kinetic energy waiting to be released. And that is what mm. this whole episode is. 
It's brilliantly done here. We see the golden final rose. We see Gary pacing. He takes a deep breath. We begin portion one. DLP comes into the live audience, the live studio audience, his adoring audience live in Los Angeles. Immediately, we cut to the audience. We see one Braden Bowers. We see one Kat Wong. We see one Rachel Recchia all standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder. They are present in the audience. Everyone's wearing sequins. And DLP tells us. Can we talk about the sequins? Yes. This is a this is historic. They let yeah. all the women wear sparkles. Let, let these people filed into that auditorium and they were given sequined outfits by producers. I'm 100 percent sure. <laughs> okay, I'm not. I mean, this is conjecture, but it seems right. DLP says you're gonna have to see it to believe it. We got Bachelor royalty in the house. Charity Zach and their ring winners. Vote for charity in the Dancing with the Stars finale, and all of you should as well. And some of our favorite golden women. I love this. Askin made up one half of the women who were asked back. Such good branding for them to have linked together in a group. They will forever, in my opinion, be a part of this franchise. And we even see later in this episode where he does the Grazia Day promo, fucking April Kirkwood is in the goddamn Grazia Day season. They're going to be used mm-hmm. forever. For the next 10 seasons of Bachelor and Bachelorette, they're going to be hosting group dates, all kinds of shit. It's fantastic. They really, all of those players deserve it too because as much as this golden season relied on Gary being a good Bachelor and all that, it relied on the quality of the players. And I've just never seen a field of players that was this deep with this level of play in any Bachelor season. Yeah, the women made the season you know, I mean, Gary is a good bat, good bachelor as we as we discussed the whole time. But the the real emotions comes from all of these people trying to date. You're not that worried about Gary, but you're worried yeah. about the rest of them. Um, <laughs> the front row is oh. <laughs> the front row is the top four in contention for Golden Bachelorette. I would say yeah. we got Sandra. We well. got. Faith, we got Joan, we got Susan. Susan, no. Was she front row? Who's no. the other one? Ellen. We see Gary's family is here. Yeah, Ellen. Yes, thank you. And our next bachelor, Joey. And Joey appears to be moving around the studio audience this whole time. He's sitting yes. next to different people. This is the power of his gaze play. Joey Grazia does. <laughs> has the supernatural power to look at a location and teleport to it immediately. <laughs> this was revealed tonight. I hope this is true. That promo was... I feel a little underwhelmed. We'll get to the promo. Well, look, it's also like everything we watched tonight is in comparison to the finale, which was this whole episode was fucking incredible. And the whole mm. season was fucking incredible. Then you have to watch a fucking shitty 45-minute BIP nine that no one gives a fuck about. You got to watch this Grazia Day thing. Even if the Grazia Day promo had been great, which it wasn't, I think still by comparison, it we would have been kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, mm. At any rate, we see then DLP says, get ready for announcement that's going to leave all of Bachelor Nation stunned. That's right, stunned. And I just wrote down fucking lies. This is, we know this is bullshit. I can't believe he did me dirty like this. I know in that moment, they are not going to announce the Golden Bachelorette from the way he delivered it. I'm like, that man's lying. No. Yeah. I thought it was still here. As soon as he says it's a, the couple announcing, that's when I knew that it wasn't going to be it. I knew in this. Anytime they put that motherfucker standing right there, 
and he's saying it in the document, it's a fucking lie. If they're promoting it on social media and it's like, tune in the finale for a huge announcement. Mm. If they're promoting it wider outside of the show itself, that means they're going to announce yeah. a lead or whatever. This was bullshit. I was like, they're sending them on a fucking vacation. This is a cruise. I knew it was a fucking cruise and it basically was. Um, we're back into the document. It basically was the audience going on a cruise. <laughs> DLP throws us back to Costa Rica. Never forget. Two parrots fly away off of a tree and these two parrots were my... <laughs> creature of the week. It was a light week on creatures and uh, I chose these two birds because anytime they show you two creatures in a pair... It always is about love and the the core premise of our show that this is about finding, in quotes, your person. And Joey's going to use that phrase about 200 million times during the course of a season, rest assured. Gary then ITMs that he's elated with his two great women. He came on this journey to find a second true love. Is it going to be Teresa or Leslie? He gets lost in Leslie, uh, knows what the other person is feeling. On the other hand, Teresa had a great first one-on-one. They had a little bit of a lull. Then after the overnight, everything changed. He's alluding to that overnight being the big change, which, by the way, if anything is to be believed about that article where he's making uh, his living girlfriend of a year and a half go Dutch on all the meals and pay $1,000 rent and all this shit to him, Mm -hmm. is that part of Teresa? She's got a job, a lucrative job. Is that part of why he changes his mind? Well, I did think FIBA was going to win until the article. Yes. And when it said all that weird money shit, I was like, exactly. Oh, he's going to pick Teresa. This whole fucking <laughs> night. I was like, that's what he's seeing. I'm telling you. I think it, that's not like far off. At any rate, we we will never know. This is all conjecture. But uh, yeah, Obviously. we see that ter- he's talking about Teresa and he says his heart's changed several times. Gary then ITMs that he's going to be asking his kids their opinions, not his parents, making that important distinction between what you would see in a uh, 30-ish aged bachelor or bachelorette versus this. Gary then shows up to find his family waiting for him. It's his daughters, Jenny and Angie, and granddaughters, Dayton and Charlie. Gary ITMs that when Tony was in the hospital, his last hours uh, with her we're also with his daughters, and it created this unbreakable bond between them. We then get the family debrief. His daughters ask what love levels uh, he's at with all the different players, and he explains, everybody's at love level four. I'm at love level four. They're both at love level four, and these daughters have seen this show. They're like, oh, fuck. They painted him in a corner. He got fucked up. They're going to Eckert him. You can almost see it in their eyes. Like, fuck. Not. They're going to give him a roast everybody Yeah. Oh, God, Dad. You had one job. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Don't love level anybody. You know where you get to? You get... I bet you could do this as a lead. You can go love level three. Hard love level three and skate out of this. Oh, yeah. be like, I just didn't get there. I didn't get to the end. Uh, That's as far as you ever go. Easy. But if I was lead, I'd keep it at love level one. Not even. (laughs) I might be starting to have butterflies. Thank you for your love level. Yeah, exactly. I register your love level one, commencing discussion with other players. I'll write it in my document. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. I'm keeping the data on my own season. (laughs) (laughs) I just am in there with a spreadsheet. I'm just not even saying anything. I'm just listening to people tell me shit, typing it down. Uh, Okay. Oh, my God. I told someone at the dog park about you. Um... (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? Speaking of spreadsheets. <laughs> this probably should be my scream, but I don't think we're going to do a twin. 
Um, I think it's your scream. It's my fucking scream. What are you talking about? <laughs> this man was just, he just said something about his dog. Usually I don't have her on a leash, but he did. I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. Uh, and then he's like, what's your job? We had not spoken at all. I was like, okay, I'm a podcaster. And then he starts telling me about um, about Nathan Fielder and how he loves the new Nathan Fielder thing. And I was like, oh, well, did you watch How To? Mm-hmm. And I was like, my business partner was in the final episode. He said, really? For what? I was like, do you remember the man who showed all the bachelor grids? That's him. What? Did he remember it? I don't know. Uh, you just left the conversation after that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, I walk in circles. I'm trying to make yeah. it my exercise, too. Oh, nice. Um, But All right. I think he was surprised. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, yeah. That everything was connected like that. All things are. We get this first meeting of the family with Teresa. Gary, ITM, she's a businesswoman. Hmm? Coded. <laughs> that right there. I was like, yeah, exactly. She's a businesswoman. I mean, she can pay her half of the rent. I mean, we won't have to go Dutch. Uh, she'll I pay mean- for everything. <laughs> God. Anyway. I yes. mean, she'll give me a credit card that's under my name so I can put it out, but it yeah. will be her bank account. <laughs> She's agreed to no prenups. <laughs> um, so... Teresa here is painted as the professional. She doesn't know about all my tanning debt. <laughs> nice one. Good burn. Uh, Teresa here is presented as a professional archetype. He literally calls her a professional businesswoman. He then leaves to go meet her. She shows up with the flowers and says audibly, I can't run and jump. Did you hear this? No. She is audibly saying, I am not dressed properly to do a hooju. Absolutely incredible. I think I was overwhelmed because I was like her flower bouquet was bigger than her whole body. <laughs> yeah, shit. They both had giant flower bouquet cringles. But uh, I just found this to be such a nice breath of fresh air, a real acknowledgement to the subsport. Thank you for ter- thank you, Teresa, for saying this. Even though you didn't do a hooju, thank you for at least saying this is where a hooju should go. Uh, they compliment mm, yes. each other on their awesome looks. Then Teresa ITM is being nervous to meet the family after not having met family in 52 years. She enters group debrief. Teresa compliments him on being the best pick for the Golden Bachelor. She further says he didn't know what he was getting himself into breaking all these hearts. She issues an anti-Slucian strategy here, basically absolving him of any possible attack to that end. So she can mm-hmm. now not ever issue the Slucian protocol attack. She's already protecting him in the edit. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliantly done here. Uh, it's very nurturing. Very, very protective. Not only will I pay for all your meals at Golden Corral, I'll protect uh-huh. you from the paparazzi. Gary assures her uh, that all of those days of breaking massive hearts are behind him, and he has to focus on two women now. Teresa drinks a glass of OJ. This becomes important later. Gary's daughters steal Teresa for a second, and Jennifer iTunes. Could we steal you for a second? Yeah. Watchers. Watchers for sure. Jennifer then ITMs that Teresa is perfectly fine. But the big question is, if he would propose, would she accept? She has she lays out in her ITM. She's going to be going to get a precog here if she can. We then get the two-on-one time between Gary's daughters and Teresa. First thing out of Jennifer's mouth is a values attack. What is it about dad that you like so much? And Teresa says he's warm-hearted, heavy-principled, 
It was her birthday on night one. She explains the frosting on the lips from the cupcakes line to get a kiss. Angie loves hearing this about her dad. She loves it so much that she delivers what I called a shocked but pleasantly surprised stank face. And I took a picture Angie's of it. Angie's shocked <laughs> stank face was my... Face play of the game. It was iconic. I can tell through this face play that her mom was the funny one, Tony. Mm -hmm. I can see Tony being hilarious through this face play. I absolutely agree. It was almost my face play, but something happened a little bit later. (laughs) Two on one time with granddaughters and Gary granddaughter. One says, you didn't start bawling when you saw all of this. I took that when you saw all of us, she says, I took that to mean you were happy mentally. This is, I think, a granddaughter glow. Yes, you're right. I didn't catch that, but Uh, now I will. Back on the daughter's two-on-one, Teresa divulges her PTC of her dead husband, Bobby, or Billy, sorry, after 42 years of marriage. Teresa, tear play here. Angie delivers daughter tear play. Angie acknowledges the mayor PTC's power in an ITM. Then Jennifer demands a precog. Teresa issues it without hesitation. She is there and ready. I am 100% in, she says. If you ask me to marry, I'll do it now. Time is a wasting. Uh, Jennifer then acknowledges. And Angie ITMs, she loves their that their mirror PTCs bond them. Jennifer ITMs, if dad proposes Teresa, happy for him. Jennifer is playing it real cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Real cool versus Angie. We get one-on-one time with Gary and his daughters, and Angie says, Mom, Tony was the hilarious person. We keep talking about them to keep them alive. Teresa's in the same boat. Did that fantasy suite bring any more clarity? Did you knock the boots? And Gary says, we're not talking about that. He will not knock and tell. Teresa will. We'll find that out later. He says he learned Mm -hmm. more about her in the fantasy suite. She was a safe choice. Very Hannah Brown of her. But the fantasy suite made her a better choice. The Dodgers both like her. Hugs upon leaving Gary and Teresa in what is effectively the auto zone. This is a bench here. He love level fours her again. She level fours him. We get a kiss. Portion two, we're back in the studio. DLP promises us the ending will shock us to our cores. Was your core shocked by this ending? I was heartbroken. I can't believe he took things from me like this. My beloved, empathetic king. My core was not shocked. Night, we get our last date with... uh... Teresa. She's lighting candles. Gary comes in in a hoodie. He just came from pickling, I guess. And Teresa pops champagne and makes some very wide open mouth face play. Gary then tells her that he, when he offered her fruit juice, it had vodka in it, and he didn't know. (laughs) I know. Oopsie. Oops. (laughs) Um, Teresa laughs it off, and she recounts the story of drinking vodka and orange juice and getting sick with her uh, prior husband. Gary says he likes hearing about Billy, and Teresa says I like hearing about Tony. They agree their prior relationships are part of who they are as people now, and Gary admits... Uh, wearing, that he used to wear black horn rim glasses. And Teresa's like, ooh, I want to see those on you again. Those would be hot. Teresa brings up the other person, uh, talking about Leslie here. And she says she doesn't know exactly what's going on between him and FEMA, but it's not her business. It's not her concern. Praising the process. Gary says they're... By the way, during this... What's that? We see sweet nums in the emotion box where mother belongs. 
Oh, God, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I know she's friends with one of the players on this season. <laughs> but, listen, producers, if you're listening, you better have sweet nums in every final Rose audience ever. Yes. I want her there until she is no longer physically able to come there. And you pay her a premium. You give her and 747 Fire $10,000 to come there for that night. You put them up in a nice hotel. You make them feel like a king and a queen of this thing because they fucking are. Mm-hmm. I agree. Just my two cents. That was my uh, sweet numb soapbox. I get so happy seeing them. I do too. And she had an amazing, amazing outfit for this too. Pure gold, solid gold. Gary says, this is not going to be an easy way with one rose. It's kind of a binary situation. And <laughs> Teresa says, if it's not me, it'll be difficult, but I want you to be happy. I wouldn't want you to choose me unless you're 1,000% wanting me. And he says, I won't propose unless I'm 1,000% committed to what we have. This line comes up again in the proposal speech. Yeah, the 1,000%. Uh, they hug Teresa ITMs that she doesn't know if he's also maybe love level Ford Leslie and one of them is going to get hurt. Gary leaves her portion three begins back in the studio. DLP welcomes us back and asks if the meeting of the family was enough for Teresa to win. Uh, we see an iguana in a tree. Not my creature of the week. Day. This iguana oh. in the tree representing the woman that he can't live without was my. <laughs> <laughs> Creature of the week. <laughs> that was what the iguana represented. Well, it was right after DLP says, Woman, you can't live without. Right. I always think when they show the serpents, it's like evil. It's like they're meaning it to be foreboding a little bit, whether it's a mm. snake or a iguana or a lizard of any kind. Just my two cents. Uh, hmm. Nonetheless, we see then. That we we have the daughters and the granddaughters greet Gary again. And he tells them, Leslie is coming by today. She's fun. She makes me laugh. And we have a lot of fun together. Gary ITMs that her sense of humor and energy is infectious. Meaning of the family too, Leslie Fema. She greets him. No hooju. No acknowledgement that that's where it should go either. She has the same giant flowers cringle with her. And Leslie ITMs that he's already told her she's the one. She doesn't uh, think their special relationship could be duplicated. General debrief here with the whole family. Leslie explains that they got each other's humor. They have fun. She says the best time for her was the fantasy suite when Gary said, fuck, finally. That opened up a door huh. for her so she could swear in front of him. Kind of let her know that he's like a little looser of a guy than maybe she thought prior to this. Gary gets uh, the joke of the night here by explaining that the word had an... His best joke all season, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it was absolutely incredible. But, well, to be fair, it had an exclamation mark, not a question mark. It's so good. Oh, every permutation of it then went through my head. Fuck. 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 <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, that one's a chilling one. Oh, Teresa. Fuck. Oh, my God. No. Oh, Leslie. Fuck. Yeah. There we go. Um, When she says, I've not everybody thinks I'm funny, but Gary does. So that's all that matters. I was like, she is... She is emulating yeah. her hero player, I believe, Caitlin Bristow, this whole time, like she has all season. Yeah. And FEMA says he's prim and pro. Oh, sorry. The daughters love the laughter. Uh, Jennifer ITMs is more what I picture him doing with a partner. 
We get this one-on-one between FEMA and the granddaughters. She says she's crazy about your granddaddy. And love level four, we get granddaughter tears. And they say it's huge for us to see this in him. So much love going around. Peyton ITMs, I loved her. Charlie loved her. We had our hearts set on Teresa, but she's great too. Then we get this moment with uh, daughters and Leslie. Leslie says she's ready to travel with Gary. Jennifer wants this precog. Leslie brings up a conversation about them uh, saying it's going to be till death. And is that going to be okay? And she's like, that conversation gave me anxiety. Uh, I've never had this in my life. I get scared. But Gary has had this. He's committed to one person. I haven't. He's been married. I've been married, but never committed for a lifetime. Gary says, or she then says, Gary made her feel secure and comfortable. She got calm. And she said, that's what she wants, to be calm. It's an amazingly strong play here. Mm. Teresa then, uh, where Teresa, sorry, immediately said yes to a precog. FEMA has now conjured this wall of like, I'm not so quick on the precog. It took me work to get there. She has erected a wall that was prior in the season. Here, erected a phantom version of it for these uh, daughters to see and then destroys it. She takes it right down in front of them. Gary is the person who made me ready to do this. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, uh, the precog attack, same attack was issued to both players. FEMA blew it out of the water. I mean, so far above what Teresa did, in my opinion. I agree. And punctuates it with tears. Punctuates it with fucking tears. Good luck. We get one-on-one between Gary and the daughters. Angie loves Leslie's free spiritness. She lets her thoughts fly. Mm -hmm. Jen says she got emotional. She has strong feelings. And I was like, are you emotional because you're struggling with precog? Angie says, how you doing to Gary? He says, exhausting, but I want to make sure it's the woman I can't live without. And the Daughters don't want to be in his shoes. He says it's debilitating to think about. We see Gary and FEMA have this talk outside on the bench, and it gets an awkward edit. Gary says, tonight we'll have more time. You ready to go? She says, I never want to leave. He says, give me a big fat hug. Big fat (laughs) hug. That's it. You're done. You're done. Big fat hug. You're done. Big fat hug, friend. You're awesome. Hey, chucks her in the shoulder. See you in a little while, buddy. Yeah, let's just bump. Yeah. Give me a high five. Leslie ITMs that she felt something was off in the auto zone here. Uh, Even though the meeting of the family went so well, she's trying to put herself out there, not get overwhelmed by the anxiety portion for back in the studio. DLP now in his chair for the first time. He says, Gary's one step closer to ending his journey. He brings up Leslie's intuition. She could tell something was off. Was there something off with Gary? You're about to find out. We're back in the night. This is last date to Leslie FEMA. He comes over for a Mikasa kiss at the door. FEMA ITMs that he didn't seem like himself that day. She's scared. She could be engaged tomorrow. That's what she's hoping for. But what the fuck is going on with him? They pour some wine. He cheers us to her. Uh, had a good day with the family. He asks him how he is. She could tell he wasn't his usual self, she says. He apologizes and blames it on the stress and pressure of the process. Time is running out. He has to make a life-changing decision. And it's getting to him. He's sorry. When in doubt, blame the process. But even hear what he's saying. I've got to make this big decision. Uh, that's indecisive to the person you're talking to. He's already letting it crack a little bit. She says she doesn't know how he's doing it all. He gives her a big hug. She tears. She says she's afraid because of the the 
The day is fast approaching. He apologizes then for the low energy and asks her to turn the page, grabs a wine glass, let's start fresh, and uh, he he cheers us to them individually and as a couple. This makes her feel a little better. And then Fima ITMs that she wants to start sharing a life with him. She cringles him. Who? <laughs> she brings out, uh, and, and by the way, this cringle, the book of memories cringle, producers make this. For you, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is something the producers made for her. Maybe it was like slightly her idea or she told them what to put in there. But like... I know. I noticed we didn't get the Teresa Kringle. No. We didn't get whatever her Kringle was. It was cut or it was not in existence. I think she had to have Kringled him too. Yeah. I feel like they always have a Kringle. Me too. So they've given her this book of memories here, which is going to, of course, play into her victim edit later. But... um. Mm-hmm. This is a classic Bachelor play where there they're are like photos of them kissing on the wall. That's like, well, how did you get that photo? Who took that photo? It's just a still from the TV show that a producer has pulled from a, a video editing device and fucking printed out and put in a book. A PA made that book. Uh, make no mistake about this. Yeah, I think Carrie assumes she's not going to Kinko's. Correct. We see the mud in, their laughter, the gaze play. FEMA says us kissing at the wall. Special moment. Uh, And she says there's plenty of pages for more. This is just like in the movie Up. Oh. Good to invoke. They kiss. She says you're easy to do things for. She says you make me feel whole. He goes, thanks for that. She goes, I can't imagine being without you now. They kiss. She loves level fours. It's really kind of one-sided. Yeah, there's also this moment in the very beginning where he's saying, it's been so much fun and meeting you has been a blessing in so many ways. Thank you for everything you've done. It's all past tense. Mm-hmm. He's he's like letting it slip in just the way he's using the language yeah. here that she is already in his mind dumped. Um, it all made me be like, oh, the producer said you have to do a final rose ceremony. Yes. She's like, you feel like home. And he goes, thanks for that. Oh, knife in the heart. Mm. She says... I can't imagine being without you. He's like, that's huge. Oh, another knife in the heart. They do a little kiss. He goes, okay, all right. Anything you want to tell me? And she's like, oh, I love you. Love level four again. And then he goes, that's such a special sentiment. He's not saying it back. Yeah. No reciprocal level before anymore for you. She's sitting there waiting to hear it back. And you know who else was waiting to hear it? Susan? The head in the box, who I believe was Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I'm just going to say that it was. I think it is. I actually think it is. But I could be wrong. Look, we create our own reality. Jennifer Love Hewitt could have been in the audience. It could be somebody who just looks a lot like her. But I think it was fucking Jennifer Love Hewitt. And she uh, delivers a sad face that was my face play of the game. I am like 90% sure it's Jennifer Love Hewitt, but it may just be someone who looks like her. In any Uh case, they have this woman, Jennifer Love Hewitt or not, but I think it was, in this box about 50 times throughout the fucking show. It's so funny because you had your bystander, and this is the one, she had diagonal up eyebrows. I noticed her. But my bystander was behind DLP in the audience. And this woman was crying the whole night. She had a black top on and a purple skirt. And I praise her um, 
all of her efforts, and she was my Jorge 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 Moreno bystander of the week. We see, by the way, Susan producing tears in the emotion box during this. Leslie is producing tears. Sweet Nums is clutching her hands. Oh, the drama. Portion five, we get, we're still in this last date with FEMA. She's producing tears. Gary says, be happy. <laughs> He's not good at, at this oh, part. The cra- when he says that, you hear still the audience fucking gasps. Fucking gasps. It's unreal. It's so dragged out. FEMA says, I want you to be happy too. He says, I think it's time for me to go. We see Susan tears again. Gary tears. Fima says, is there something you want to tell me? And he goes, no, I have a tough decision to make, and it's harder than I ever thought possible. They kiss. He says, time for me to go. And he collapses on the stairs crying while she's collapsed crying. Yeah. He's trying to get the hell out of there. Oh, and by the way, they keep showing Jennifer Love Hewitt through this whole thing. That's why Jennifer Love Hewitt not only got my face play of the game, she was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. As well. Mm. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. Give it to the celeb. Hell yeah. Her face play was off the fucking charts. It was perpetual frown face. Sad Jennifer Love Hewitt should be a fucking meme. Mm. In my opinion. You could make her a meme. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll do that. You have the technology. Gary says, oh, <laughs> Fima says, I'm definitely not confident now. I know why he was off today. I know exactly why. He goes, oh, geez. And Gary ITMs, we've had a rhythm. They're going to mm. know, you know, she knew something was off. I need to go back and talk to her. So what I believe that happened here was producer said, you have to dump her at the final rose ceremony. And he's like, okay, I'll try to do this. And then he's like, this isn't working on the last date. Goes out, talks to producers. Is like, please let me dump her right now. And they gave him permission. Absolutely. I agree 100%. That's how this works. He performs this knock, knock. Will you let me come in and talk? You asked if I had something to say to you. Cliffhanger. And we see DLP has, his head has gone off of his neck. It has gone yeah. completely behind him. It it would have been my face play, but I thought Angie's was better. Just pretending to be dumbstruck. It was like a lack of face. Like he's watching this for the first time. Like he doesn't know what happens. Like he doesn't know who, who he's going to be interviewing in the hot seats and shit. It's so like... Well, I do think maybe he doesn't know where the cliffhangers are. <laughs> Okay, maybe he doesn't know where the cliffhangers are, but like he knows Gary dumps Leslie Fema. So he's like, oh, they're making me do this to you all. Basically, he's he's tricking us into thinking that he's seeing this live with us. It's like, what? Come on, dude. Um, we're back in the document in portion six. We pick up where we left off. Um, Gary tells Leslie Fema... <laughs> Well, it's been difficult, and I've kind of made a decision, and I have fallen in love with Teresa, and that's that's the direction I'm going to take. Like, it's a fucking job interview. Unreal. He's just trying to fired. pull any emotion out of this that he can so that it's just, like, cold and... 
Oh, it's just brutal to watch. FEMA then says, It's so brutal. Uh, turns on him. So everything you told me was a lie. I produced tears. Gary's like, no, it wasn't a lie. She's like, yes, it was. It was all a lie, Gary. And he says, no, because at that time, it was the truth. Things have changed and evolved. And she says she knew the minute she saw him for this meeting of the family, he was off. She could tell from his face. And she's like, where did it all go wrong? And he's like, no, nothing ever went wrong. And he's right about that. She played a perfect season. And he's like, I learned about both of you. You're both wonderful, but only one is right. Uh, FEMA produces more tears here. And he says he's sorry. If he had known that it would cause this much pain, he never would have done this. What? That's what the whole premise of the show is. I'm calling sleucing on him a little bit here, dude. Come on. Mm. Uh, he hugs her as he's sobbing. More tears. Leslie's like, this is typical about my life. This is how it goes. He's like, don't think that. And Leslie goes, it doesn't matter. No offense. I can think whatever the fuck I want. Audience applause here. Crown play. Perfect crown play. Leslie saying, no offense. I can think whatever the fuck I want. Which to me is emblematic of this whole scene, this whole reaction yes. to this breakup was my... Play, 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 play of the game. No offense, I can think whatever the fuck I want is your crown promo. Yes. This is your Claire Crawley men like that. Yeah. And you can you can see it on the promos. She can say whatever the F star star <laughs> K she wants. You know what I mean? Whatever yeah. the bleach oh, yeah. she wants. They're going to have that. They can do whatever they want with this now. I mean, she is the bachelorette. Let's be real. Uh, she has to be. Has to be. Perfect crown play here. And uh, not my play of the game, though. Not my play of the game. Something I liked a little better. She right. says, my heart's broken once again. Now it's in front of the whole world so everyone can see that. No one chooses is me. the live wedding? No. You bastard. <laughs> the live wedding. They have That play hasn't been done yet. There's still time. January 4th is still a few months away. Who knows if it's going to happen? You made it sound like you chose me. <laughs> really? Hell yeah. I'll I'll bet on the relationship dissolving every fucking time in Bachelor Nation, and I'll be right most of the time. When there's one month? Hell yeah. No. Yeah, we'll see. Uh -uh. She uh, then says, you said things to me that made me think this was going to be it. You led me down a path. That path took a turn, and you left me there. It's mind-boggling, to be honest. How can you talk to her and say you love me, then 12 hours later, you change your mind? And he, I don't know what this word is. S-P-I-U-R-E-D. What does that say? He, that, her heart. Speared? I don't know. My typing got really bad in this line. Um, <laughs> I fell in love with you. I fell in love with your family today. Yeah. The only good thing is I don't have to walk down in a $60,000 dress with diamond yes. earrings and get on that platform and be completely embarrassed. That what? I thank you for. I wrote here, get him. <laughs> I wrote, she thanks him for a benevolent execution. Brilliant play. Um, $60,000 dress. Can we talk about that for a second? What? Mm -hmm. Is that real? Is that an exaggeration of some kind to make a point? Is she Was she going to wear a $60,000 dress? Because this is another brilliant crown play. I guess. I need to see the $60,000 dress and she should wear it on night one. Mm. I mean, come on. Come on. Oh my God. Chad, that's so good. They got to do it. Your beautiful mind. If you're Love listening, it. producers, if you're listening, <laughs> do that. Put her in Get that em. fucking dress night one and then on her wedding night, because I know you might be inclined to put it uh, on her for the final rose ceremony. Don't do that. 
It denigrates the final rose ceremony. This has got to be her season. You wear it in that first night, just like you had Claire Crawley burn her dress here. It's getting the night to shine and then never worn again. And you put her in a fucking $120,000 dress at her final rose ceremony. At the final rose ceremony. Yes. I don't even know what a $60,000 dress could be. I don't know. I don't know either. Like, I, I don't know. I guess it could be true. I mean, I feel like the stylist was, is like, you could pick this one. This one's 60. You're it. I don't know. Was Teresa 60K? I don't know. It was a nice dress. Yeah. Um, I God, I love FEMA's response. Her victimization play here was, I mean, I thought she was an amazing player since we looked at her Instagram, really, but the whole season, and this was just literally, I you couldn't script a better, no, a better it was perfect. play here. It was perfect. And she continued it on into the, the hot seat, which we're going to get to momentarily. Gary says, I can only say I'm sorry. There's nothing left to say. She's like, that's right. Nothing left to say. Hugs, apologies once again. She says, at the end of the day, I want you to be happy. Uh, I wanted that to be with me, but whatever. Teresa's a great girl, and she wants him to be happy with her, but she's just blown away by all this. Gary says, I'll see myself out, and he leaves. Fima is sobbing on the couch. Gary does a mezzanine uh, doubling over this rail, and Leslie says she is done and walks out. She ITMs that she had visions of being the one. More of Hewitt's sad face. I like this. Going on the balcony so you can slam a door in the camera. Yeah. So good. And she ITMs that she's tired of putting herself out there. Time is running out. It's here play. Uh, and I just wrote, if she ain't getting crown, I don't know what's about to happen. Um, DLP comes to console Gary here in the night. He's tearsing about taking a really good person and he broke her heart. He hates himself and hates everything right now. We get the, the line we've been seeing in promos all season. This is a close second to the bad feelings I had when Tony died. Something like this. And he says that it's an image. The only time I felt worse in my whole life was when my wife passed away. This is a goddamn close there second. There it is. <laughs> a goddamn close second. He says that an image of uh, Leslie Fema's face crying will never be out of his mind. The heartbreak he caused her. Haunting. I feel like they wouldn't leave lines like that in unless they thought she was crowned. She's 100% your golden bachelorette. Period. Done. She secured it tonight. Yeah. I mean, you know, Faith, I think, was in the running. We were talking about Joan Vassos as well, who I think was in the running. I think all those names were talked about legitimately. There is simply no... She captured America's fucking attention and support tonight yeah. in a way that no other player has done this season. If if they don't have her as Golden Bachelor... And will make an entertaining season. Yeah. You know what? It should be a dual Golden Bachelorette with her and Rachel Recchia. Um, all right. So we then see that we get this first hot seat. It's Leslie, and she has a silent tear play happening. DLP, thanks for being there. Huge applause. The, the crowd is like, this is it. She's won them over. DLP, of course, how are you feeling after watching it back? She says the heartbreak she experienced is uh, being blindsided, the emotions. She's feeling all that stuff again, and she was devastated. She was vulnerable, broke down her walls, love level forward, left it all in the field, basically. She hasn't love level forward somebody in a long time, so it was all hard. Then DPO, DLP cuts to a commercial. We come back with this hot seat. DLP asked her to put into words what was going through her mind during the dumping, and she says she was so sad because she was 100% certain that she was the ring winner based on things he said to her in the fantasy suite and meeting his family. We get this little fantasy suite he said something in the fantasy suites mm -hmm. this is the the it's it's a precursor to a play that is coming and uh she's like they had 
a good time with the family. And there were some things that weren't shown. So she's contradicting the edit here. She says she fell in love with his granddaughters. We cut to them in the audience. She didn't expect that. DOP says there was something inside you that was telling you something was wrong about uh, Gary. What was the feeling? And she says when they went to the bench in Arizona, he had a wall up. She could tell. He kept telling her that he was spent. And she's like, I get it. I was exhausted too. So I just justified it by like accepting that as a real answer, even though I knew something was wrong. DOP says up until that day, you had no reason to think anything was wrong, right? She's like, yep, 100% confident. I wrote my vows, picked out the dress, did the future casting about walking their dogs and eating in restaurants, grocery store. She says he shot her so high, the fall was much harder. This is all, it's just brilliantly put together. The logic of it, the, I picked out a dress already. I was that confident. And then he boosted me up so high, the fall, like the pain I feel is worse than anybody who's ever had pain on bachelor because i was boosted up even higher Mm -hmm. the fall was further and she's normally cautiously optimistic i normally don't count on things till they happen in the house you'd be nervous at rose ceremony people would ask me why are you nervous you're a front runner and i'd be like well it's his journey and choice ultimately and dlp's like it's heartbreaking you're not feeling chosen this feeling you had before she said it's a very familiar feeling are you ready for gary Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. We get this heartbreak reunion hot seat in the next portion. And, oh, I do have a question. We disagreed. Well, maybe we should actually get to this in uh, Tuesday's What episode. is it? No, what do you got? No, just like in the, li- in the live before this episode, you were saying how you thought Teresa had had been doing, had was like MVP of the season. And I said FEMA and I was wondering if you had changed your mind, but maybe we should answer that. Oh yeah. On Tuesday or now. <laughs> oh, of the season. Shit. Yeah. Let's answer it on Tuesday. Tuesday is yeah. going to be our top 10 takeaways from the golden season next week. So, uh, look forward to that. But, um, we get back to this hot seat and, uh, He's like, DLP is like, I'm just going to give you some space for this conversation. Leslie, the floor is yours. (laughs) And so she tells him that it was emotional to watch back. She's had time to process. She's much better than she was, but she wants to tell him that she fell in love with him for so many reasons. His gaze play, his nose wrinkle play, his humor play. She could be herself with him. His caring note play, his handhold play. She just wanted to make him happy and give him the till death do us part. But the most important thing she fell in love with was his integrity. And because of the integrity, his words meant so much to her. Uh-huh. And she didn't take them for granted. This is a, she's complimenting him and also couching it in a, that's how you hurt me. Mm-hmm. She says, I put your words in my heart. Then she says, you said things to me in the fantasy suite that no one will know about and I will never reveal. This was my play, 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 play. Of the game. I will be haunted by this until the day I die. What did he say in that fucking fantasy suite? I need to know. He already loved level forter. We saw all that. What else did he fucking say to her? I have to know. I mean, we saw him say on camera, I think you're the one. So it's like... Yes. And, and beyond that, he was saying something... This to me was like, it was the perfect, like ultimate victimization play 
without really fucking the guy over. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm never going to say it. That was a private moment between us. And that is her integrity showing here that she has the same integrity. Mm -hmm. She's giving him the compliment about, but it also leads us, the viewers to wonder, Oh my God, what the fuck did he say to her? And that's like the thing that was the hardest for her was whatever the fuck he said to her. That play blew my goddamn mind. It's not even necessary. You're not going to tell us what he said just by saying this thing that's around it. You said some shit that was so fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. God damn it. It was brilliant. That made you have 100% certainty. Yes. So it was brilliant. And I believe that when Gary is like, oh, I fully compartmentalized the whole thing. I'm like, okay, he probably probably did. Yeah. Got to be done. She says, I don't know where it went wrong. You painted this picture of our life and handed me the picture. And I took this picture with me. It was a choice. And you had a choice. You could have chosen not to tell me those things. Love level four was enough for me. And he says, I'm so sorry. Uh, You know, and he really, he really uh, collects her with all of the people that he sent home in this speech. Um, he's mm-hmm. like, every person I was sending home was really hard. Um, but I wanted to give everyone my complete commitment, undivided attention, block out everything else. I got caught up and said, I love you, but I meant it. You were my person until I suddenly knew you weren't, but it didn't go wrong. Just better with somebody else. Yeah. I'll never forgive myself for all the pain I had along the way. By the way, when FEMA is crying, my bystander is sobbing in the audience. And they showed Jennifer Love Hewitt in the audience about five times during that as well, cutting out to her sad face. It's funny that that we had different people where we kept seeing it. I saw also Kat, uh, face player Kat Mm -hmm. was in the background here. She's holding her chest during this conversation. Yeah. FEMA says, I don't know if I accept the apology, but I understand it. And Gary goes, this level of affection doesn't go away. I'll always cherish the memories. Had to find the person I couldn't live without. My journey had to see it through to the end, grouping her. I hated those events. Um, Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals, and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues, Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. 
um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they are both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. We see Joan grab Faith and Ellen's hands in the audience. She's still she's still in the running. She's still getting her girls. Um, I forgot DLP was there <laughs> when he comes yeah. in here. He says, I yeah. do you wish Gary had not told you he loved you. And she's like, no, I'm glad because he opened my heart to the person out there for me. Perfect. Didn't think I'm capable of loving again that way. Single so long. That's your bachelorette. Showed me I need a man with integrity and I and who's kind, and I deserve that, and I'm going to find that. Ugh, they should have just announced. And then at this point, Gary is like, you deserve it. You will absolutely find it. And uh, he goes, I hope and pray that you find happiness too. And I think uh, that through the course of the show, your humor and what you brought to the show is going to be attractive to so many men that you should enjoy your near future. He knows he's the fu- she's the bachelorette. He just let it slip. He knows it. I thought that was like, people are going to be in your DMs. In your near future? You think they told Gary? He can't keep anything a secret. Yes, I do think. Listen. He had, that's why he had to do the benevolent execution. Do you remember one Airy Lyandike 
Jr. Yes. Do you remember him saying that the reason he wanted to do the breakup on camera with Becca Kufrin was because he thought it would help get her the crown? Mm-hmm. This ain't a play that would be brand new if he knew that what he was doing got her the crown. Maybe he cut a literal deal. Maybe cut a literal deal. No, he would have had her go to the final rose ceremony. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think that sometimes the leads do know who the next lead is supposed to be. You're telling me they didn't tell Vial Rachel Lindsay was cast to be the bachelorette? Vial knew. 100% Vial knew that. Well, no. I think that's a special case. They don't... They haven't even officially picked the show. So is this. It's the first Golden Bachelor. They haven't even officially picked the show up. They did a casting card that doesn't even say the show name. Yeah. We'll get to it. (laughs) Portion 8. Gary preps his tie. He ITMs. It's been a journey. I'm so lucky to find my second true love of my lifetime. Today I'll propose. Loading this precog. He looks at his sparkler. No demon diamond dealer Neil Lane. And he ITMs that when he is his ponder shot at the volcano, it's him asking Tony if this is the right thing to do, saying a prayer to her guiding him. Yeah, we didn't know that in the beginning. Volcano was Tony. I thought it was a yeah stored kinetic energy. Well, it's kind of like invoke Tony, invoke the process. Gary can defend himself in all ways. He ITMs he's comfortable with how she'd feel she preps her dress is it sixty thousand dollars i don't know and she itms after billy she thought she'd never love again and when they were 18 years old billy didn't get down on a knee so this would be a first get down on the knee proposal Mm -hmm. and dlp greets Teresa at the path of pain she's so nervous she was awake since 4 a.m And DLP says, I'll walk you down. I love this. Empathetic King. What? What? This is a... Well, it's definitely a courtesy that younger players are not afforded here. Yeah. This has never happened to my knowledge in the history of Bachelor (laughs) that either DLP or DLH walked a player down the fucking path of pain. Usually you got to march that shit alone. And then when you get broken up with, you got to march it back alone too. Uh Hike up that mountain in some cases. (laughs) But we do see the golden rose on the pedestal. Gary is ITMing having been on a roller coaster of emotions. He says he's waiting for the calm of seeing Teresa's face. She's a wonderful woman, smart and charming, intuitive and employed. He's been looking for an equal, someone to share the joy and sorrow and bills with. He will be calmed (laughs) by having a partner. Get him. To your play. Thank you. She approaches him at the altar. We get this kiss. He says he's so happy to see her. We get a kiss. She goes first uh, in her little vows. I know how sometimes it feels like the world thinks that love is only for the young at heart. And she's 70. She's starting to feel it too. She thought she might live the rest of her life alone until she met Gary. Her love level one grew to a powerful love level four over the course of the process. This is where I cried. Oh, wow. From her... Love is only for the young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she says over the course of the process and uh, she went from level one to level four, but the best is yet to come. He's the most wonderful uh, man in the world and she doesn't want to let him go. She wants to spend the rest of her life with him. And he says, I had a million motions in my head this morning. No, before that, he goes, sorry. Oh, Teresa. Does he really? His signature move. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> I was so happy. We got that at the proposal. Oh, my God. 
And then he goes into talking about how he had all the emotions and how did a guy from nowhere, Indiana, uh, wind up in Costa Rica, 72, looking for love. Then he started thinking about her voluntary nudity play on night one. He recaps their first one-on-one. He brings up the mirror PTCs. And when he woke up uh, this morning, it was hard. He had mixed feelings and he got to the point of asking himself how he got here and is she the right one? He came to a realization that she's not the right person for him to live with. He leaves her hanging for like 45 seconds. She's like, her face is just contorting. And like, is he fucking with me? They shouldn't do this to golden players. I agree. This was a bad move on his part. Maybe an error, but it works out all right because he comes back and he says, you're the person that I can't live without. And she loves it. Uh, She's like literally making noises of glee, screeching with happiness as he's saying this to her. And he gets down on that knee he loves her the thousand percent. He says he'll choose her every day. Gary gets uh, his own head in the box, produces tears, whips out that Neil Lane sparkler product shot. We see the box open. We see the logo. Hug, kiss, love level four, love level four, kiss, kiss. The golden rose is picked up and given Teresa. Final rose, final golden rose. The first one in history gets a zero. I'll tell you right now the rose quotients of these two finalists. Teresa wound up with a... Number two on night one, a zero pointer for her one-on-one date. Seven in the following week, four, two, and here's zero. Leslie Fema had a five, a one, a three, a zero, a one. That is Teresa Mm -hmm. Nest with a 2.5, very bad. And Leslie Fema with a two, also not that great. Uh, Usually at the end of these seasons, you see some sub two scores. Every once in a while, you see a sub one like a Caitlin Bristow. Do you think they were hurt by the shorter season? Yes. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I mean, these are the only two players who even qualified because you have to have five roses. So there were some, uh, Mm. there were a couple of weeks cut out of this. We also get something here, which I'm like, have we gotten this before? They have all the kids come out and congratulate them. No, they should do this every time. I love this. Yeah, I agree. Daughter produces tears. And we cut to the next portion. It's the happy couple reunion hot seat of Teresa and Gary. And DLP said, look, checks out that ring. And what does he say? He calls it a fucking sparkler. He's using dark speak here. It's a sparkler. Yeah. Coded. Reader behavior. You know who came up with that dark speak? DLH. DLH. DLH conjured the word sparkler out of his dark magics to refer to a Neil Lane diamond on season 22, I want to say. Harry Leindyke, I think that's when he said sparkler. That's the first mention? Hmm. I think so. At any rate, I could be wrong. Uh, they discussed the difficulty in keeping the secret of being together as a couple. DLP asked Teresa to recount the proposal. She says she didn't know if she was gonna, if he was gonna ask her to uh, marry him. And then she says it sounded like he was breaking up with her. She said she died in that moment. But she jokes about almost dying. Also on the California highway on the night where they had their one on one and the lights went out oh. on the fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> and DLP asks uh, him, a lot of people online have been saying something happened in the fantasy suite that changed everything. Gary then says, well, let me ask you, DLP, how often do you think about your parents, your dark uh, parents, your, your dark, dark parents? parents. <laughs> how often do you think about them having dark sexual intercourse <laughs> in their dark bedroom? 
And he's like, all right, Gary, come on. And Gary says there are moments in the conversation (laughs) that were subtle realizations about her uh, knowing how to maintain a relationship because of her successful 43 years of marriage. I think there was also some, can I see your stock portfolio? More and more, he says, with every passing moment, she showed herself. She never had to ask any questions, addressed all the red flags before he even had them. And Teresa then goes, well, look, if you're not going to tell him what happened to the fantasy suite, I will. I knocked his boots off. With my kisses. The whole the whole crowd erupts. Yeah, and then she tries to walk it back. No, no, with my kisses, with my kisses. Doesn't It doesn't matter. She got the line of the night here, at least in the live audience. It was fantastic. I mean, it was... It was Hannah Brown. Yes. We had sex four times. And Jesus still loves me. DLP then asked them uh, what they hope people learned from the season. And Teresa says that there is no age limit for love. Even if you have one day left to live, you have love to give. Do it. If you love someone, tell them. Don't waste a moment. Uh, Brilliant. She states the thesis of the fucking show to wrap it all up. I want to cry thinking about it. This shit, like... Golden is going to work. I do actually think they're going to get married. I know what I was saying in the beginning. I'm just statistically okay. saying all relationships end on the show. I do think they're going to be married. Thank God. You're just edgelording. Yeah, I was just edgelording. Sorry. Um, I was just doing some E-Lord work. But um, you're doing the E-Lord's work. <laughs> I do think they're going to get married. Come back. <laughs> Sorry. I do also think that uh, most of the Golden players will get married. I think most will. Simply because of the, this whole thesis. It's like time is ticking. They said it multiple times in this. You know what I mean? Even in the end where we come into this next section and they're like, we got to get married ASAP. Well, they better do a golden golden sand. Yeah. Start getting some of these marriages going. Yeah. And they're not trying to go on paradise and shit. They don't have like ulterior motives in the same way I feel like younger players do. Portion 11 begins. Yeah. I mean, that's why it seems so much more genuine. Totally. Um, we get this casting card, which just says nominate your grandma or grandpa for what? I don't know. <laughs> nominate them. Yeah. And DLP says our first golden couple. No one could have anticipated millions would be inspired by your story. And Gary says, as you get older, you see the genuine person. I was sitting at my Thanksgiving table. And I was like, seven months ago, where was I? Life has changed so completely. It defies description. And tonight, you've given hope to so many people. Oh, Teresa. (laughs) TN. Oh, not tonight. Teresa says, we've given hope to so many people. People are telling me their life stories at the grocery store. It's a cultural movement, not just a show. Mm. Chills. I I want this to be a thing because I feel like ageism is just like such a, Mm. such a, it's very prevalent. Um, I know. Oh, what was this? Emma from uh, Love to See It posted, um, I am struck by how radical it feels to simply watch women over the age of 60 every week on my television screen to see them portrayed as worthy of our attention, appreciation, and investment. And my personal feelings are backed up by data, a report from the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media which reviewed the most popular TV shows and films from 2010 to 2020, found that just one in four characters over the age of 50 were women. I found that statistic to be wild. That is. Wow. Um, we see DLP change 
change course here. He says, Bachelor Nation's rooting for you, and another journey is ready to begin. Next Bachelor, Joey. Joey, how inspired are you? He says, congrats, y'all. Very inspiring. I want the same love and warmth. And Joey is... Did you notice? Unexpectedly sitting next to Nums now. Yeah. He's teleporting around. And I think he just did a teleportation because as he's delivering this little uh, congratulations and I want the best for you and all that to the the people on stage, Mm -hmm. if you'll go back and notice, the man does not blink. I feel like I was watching for blinking and I feel like I saw him blink. (laughs) He probably did. (laughs) Um, We get the promo. It's Grazion Extra. People are chanting Grazi's name in a store. Joey Mania is introduced as a concept. Hopefully that won't take off. He says <laughs> he's looking to find his person for the millionth time. Grazi's signing autographs. We got uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt in the box now is smiling for the first time. We've only seen mm-hmm. her sad. Now she's smiling. That's good. We see Grazi fighting for hearts. We see Grazi kissing. We see wedding dresses. We see Grazi in a copter. We see April hosting a Grazi group date. We see Grazi under fireworks. We see Grazi getting scared about 4TWR. We see Grazi talking about time. We see Grazi wanting to be fully in it, but Grazi's holding back. We see Grazi tears. And uh, that's the end of that promo. I was not that enthralled by the Grazi promo, I must no. say. Uh, the little teaser but, they've been doing where he just goes, I have butterflies. I'm like, yeah. the fuck? <laughs> do a couple of jumping jacks. Yeah, I'm curious to see what he can do with his gaze play. Look, he was a player who kind of came out of nowhere in season 20, in my opinion, using gaze play to make it all the way to the finals and to get a crown. And a lot of people are very excited about him. Yeah, maybe the Joey Mania. I mean, you saw Jennifer Love Hewitt has Joey Mania, maybe. Yeah. Maybe more. Clearly. Back on the stage. Or no, sorry. We we then get a uh, January 22nd premiere date. Then back on the stage, DLP asks Gary and Teresa what life has been like. They've gone back to their normal lives, but they have long phone calls every night. Uh, it's explained where they're yeah. talking to each other for hours. They live too far away. Yep. I, well, I mean, they're going to be married. Long distance marriage. I don't know. Gary's daughters discuss how they wanted him to be his genuine self. And they're over the moon that he and Teresa... Or that he got to be his genuine self and Teresa is just an added bonus. DLP says he still has a surprise announcement. We come back. We we know at this point it's not going to be Bachelor or anything good because they've relegated it to the the overtime that's beyond the two hour time limit that they had to broadcast. DLP tells them that I I never forgot that you both said you wanted to go to Italy to learn Italian and you're like oh god and he gives them a fucking Italian vacation and was your core shocked my core was shot i wrote that changed bachelor nation forever that shook my core fuck you gary <laughs> says that <laughs> that can be our honeymoon because we're getting married as fast as we can and here's the actual announcement they're going to get married on january 4th on abc all the families come out uh, to meet each other on stage confetti mm-hmm. explodes in the audience big group hug scene dlp thanks everybody including the fourth audience and that is it uh <laughs> I wrote at the end of this that I said, I love Jesse. And Jake goes, nice, I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who was your MVP of this game? For her incredible last date performance, including that F-bomb speech, Leslie Fema was my... M M M M V P. 
I mean, you you said it. She played a perfect season. She played a perfect finale. Yeah. Leslie Female was also my M M M M M V P. Alone, any of the plays that she did tonight could have garnered her my MVP of the game, but she put in really three of them. The meeting of the family was fantastic. The last date where uh, she essentially got him to do a benevolent execution was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then her hot seat appearance was fantastic. She did things in in every piece of that that are above and beyond, that are elevated play styles. Um really proving she is one of the greatest players who has ever played this game, mm-hmm. no matter what age. That said, I still have a very hard decision to make about my MVP of the season. Mm. It may not be her yet. I don't know. I'll be like Gary. I just have to wait until I get on there and see what for myself. But um, <laughs> she played a fantastic game tonight. And and also, I don't mean to denigrate what Teresa did here. Yeah. Teresa's... I was really impressed by Teresa's after the final rose performance, like all of those Same. great lines about um, yes. love and I knocked his boots off and yeah, her jokes. I was like, we didn't really get her jokes during the season. Unfucking real. No, no, it was, it was great. Even somebody like her who was not cut to be a funny player is a funny player. Everybody on this season was just so fucking good. I really love this season. I loved breaking it down with you, Pace Case. And we will, like I said, be back uh, early next week. Our Tuesday episode is going to be our top 10 takeaways from this golden season. I don't feel like the live finale shocked me to my core, but this season shocked me to my core. Like, I feel reinvigorated in the franchise. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think people are very excited to watch any golden product now. I think your bachelors and your bachelorettes are dependent on a variety of things, but uh, I think the golden shit is like, she was right. Teresa was right. It's a cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, what is not a cultural phenomenon is what came next. When I came like down those steps, I told myself if there was a point where I knew I needed to go, I would go. And it's going to be so hard, but I think I know that this is that moment. Bachelor in Paradise, season nine, a 53-minute offering or whatever because golden oh, finale went over by a couple minutes, so they just fucking ended it early. What do you think they cut out? <laughs> well, they cut out the video intro. That wasn't there. Oh, I didn't even notice. That buys you a minute or two. Um, well, we can. they did give us a little intro. The beach is falling apart. Who's going to survive the most shocking rose ceremony of the season? Blake and Jesse recap their whole shit. Can they weather the storm or will this be the, uh, or Blake and just sorry, or will this be the end of this couple? No video intros. Portion one begins straight into the show. Uh, we get the nighttime, a crab crawls under a leaf. Was that your creature? Mm, <laughs> I didn't see it. No, we get one-on-one time with Jess and Blake Moines. Blake says, it's been a weird day, weird ex-feelings, you know, but it gave me a real taste of what love is. We're not getting there. And this ain't it. It's a reminder, way less time with her, able to accomplish so much more. We're going in circles. It's close to the end. I like you a lot, love level one. I feel like playing paradise in a way. Don't want that for us. Such a great start. 
but we fester and circle as much as we want it to work. It's not going to. Are we just waiting for the end? I guess this is a dumping. Um, yeah. And Jess says, I wanted to keep trying. I thought at this point I'd be hopelessly in love, but it shouldn't be this hard. There's truth in what you're saying. And she's like, if it took Katie coming in, and he's like, regardless, we weren't working on that level. And Jess says, you made me feel very comfy. I don't put myself out there. You made it a lot easier. He helped put it down her walls. No hard feelings. And he says, um, the feelings brought me back. I was numb for years. Oh, God. Moiny. Yeah. Um, but he cared for her a lot, tried to show it. Sorry he didn't deliver. You didn't do anything wrong. We see Olivia and Rekia are watching this. Oh, I think they broke up. Jess produces tears. Blake Moines, self-elimination. Yes. This, uh, well, I mean, there's there's even more that happens after this. Because he's given an opportunity to potentially not self-eliminate. As he's leaving, we see Kylie running after him. And this is the shot that they used to make it seem like Kylie was going to self-eliminate. Yeah. But she's going after Blake. And I'm like, were they like best friends or something? What's going on here? She has this little moment where she's like, there's not anybody that you would want to stick around for. I'm like, is she insinuating her? What is going on here? Kylie running up the jungle path to try to convince Blake Moines to stay was my... Play, 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 play of the game. (laughs) It was, I told you, you weren't going to guess mine, but it was so strange. And I was like, what is going on? And I was like, she's making this moment about her, which I thought was, was pretty good. She's not really in this episode. Yeah. You know what? You're right. This is kind of a thing like, this could be a good play style for someone. Anytime someone yeah. self-eliminates, no matter who they are, run after them and try to convince them to come back. Yeah. Every time. Be your own producer. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a good play in in retrospect. I didn't give him my play of the game though. But um, Blake Moyne's self-eliminating was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Very rarely will I be okay with a self-elimination. In his case, <laughs> I think it was it was absolutely not warranted. He did have more playtime here. Maybe the producers would have stuck him around in one way or another. Maybe he could add that conversation with whoever. Who knows? There's just no reason to do this here. I get it that he was burnt out and he was just like, fuck it, paradise does grind you down. But I feel like get a little more screen time if you can. Generally speaking, <laughs> generally speaking. I don't know. Generally speaking. I feel like this is a clean exit for him as opposed to like doing it when... And it's also like getting a lot of attention for your breakup as opposed to next week when I assume all the breakups will happen. But even if you want to leave, just be like, look, I'm going to stick around to Rose ceremony. I'm going to have some drinks with my friends and I'm going to celebrate having had a good time in paradise. Mm. And then I'm out. I know I'm not getting a rose, but let's party tonight, guys. You could have milked something out of it. Take a turn that lets us see like... Right. Get some second audience goodbyes. You, you know, something. You still have some play left in, in this uh, season. And he just, he leaves it on the table. I do feel like he does. I mean, we see his exit speech here. I don't regret it. I didn't come here for fun. Came here to find somebody. 
it's clear that wasn't happening. I tried three times and failed. So I do feel like this, um, this exit did have a victimization and it did remind me of one of your favorite guys. Who's that? Nick Vial. Never heard of him. Multiple seasons, another failed paradise, goes out. I've seen his face. I'm just saying, he's still in the picture. I Look, absolutely. And if he claims crown, I think we have a very interesting conversation on our hands mm-hmm. about who is the greatest player of all time. <gasps> because if he claims crown, it means he will have had a ring and a crown and paradise. Mm-hmm. He's a tropical royale. Mm-hmm which doesn't exist except for Becca Kufrin. And it's arguable that she has, uh, or no, sorry, the Tropical Royale is when you have come back, right, as a crown yeah. to paradise after having been a crown. So he couldn't have Tropical Royale, but... Yeah, Nick Vile is not a Tropical Royale. Well, he never had a ring. Oh, yeah. He can't be. Second place forever. I think it's if you have if you have those three in combination at all. Because that's extremely mm. rare to have okay. a ring. Eight to have a ring and a crown at all is fucking near impossible. Let yeah. alone then also being on paradise in some capacity. But anyway, we'll see if he ever gets the crown. That conversation needs to be had, and I'm sure we're the only two people in the world that will have it. And it'll be another one of your <laughs> predictions. Correct. <laughs> oh fuck, that's right. Uh, at any rate, I'm sure we'll talk about it hundreds more hours. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They're not recorded and other people around us will be wanting to kill us. The other players then lament the dissolution of this strong couple. It was a day one relationship, Aaron B says. It's like a wake-up call for the other couples. And uh, Aaron B then ITMs that paradise is falling apart. Portion 2 begins nighttime. We see a crane in the surf. And this crane walking through the surf who had just had to witness Blake Moyd's self-elimination was my... Creature of the week. Weak creatures. I just picked a bird because I like the birds. This lone bird who represents Jess because she's just been left without a partner on the beach was my... Creature of the week. Nice. I like to think they're all metaphors. I like linking it back. All yeah. the creatures. Sure. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes 
so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses we're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer it's a great time of year it's a time for renewal for me that means reconnecting with friends and family i haven't seen for a while and when i do i want to make sure i have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with that's why first leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge, who's gonna use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Absolutely. Do you think birds are nefarious? No, crabs are nefarious. Reptiles. The birds are murder crab or murder birds. Remember? Didn't they call them that? Because they hit the fucking crabs. They are murder birds. But if the bird is without, if it's not murdering. Yeah. It's not a bad sign. Yeah, I think anytime they show a single creature or a duo of creatures or trio, it can directly relate to the number of important characters in the next mm. scene. So yes, I think you're you're right. It probably is some reference to Jess now being by herself. Um, we see the other women all agreeing they have to make Jess feel like she deserves to find someone and stick around. Mercedes ITMs that these are hard conversations which make you grow at the end of the day. Mercedes then gets a paradise recap. I wrote, we only have an hour of the show and we get three minutes of Mercedes' entire time on Paradise Recap Reel. 
Um, <laughs> I just didn't understand what was happening here. That's what I mean. What did they cut? We get these very yeah. long flashbacks, including the truth box. Oh, God. And we get this one-on-one between Mercedes and Tyler. And she says, I don't feel like there's depth in our relationship. Don't feel like you're pursuing me. You haven't touched my leg until right now. Uh, Weak leg touch play here. Uh, Tyler needs to up his leg touch play strategy. Mm -hmm. It's called chemistry. Heard of it? They talk about distance. She goes, everyone is from everywhere here. Are you here to have a little fling? Are you ready for a relationship? I've been bettering myself, getting ready for a relationship. And Tyler goes, you don't think I've tried like for me to want to leave with someone like I wanted a spark. And Tyler saying that there's no spark between him and Mercedes was my error, 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 error of the game. You go full 4TRR here. You go, I want to make this work. You don't have another partner. Absolutely. He can't even love level one her in this moment to try and get a fucking rose. There's no spark. Absolutely insane. I didn't get this either. It was... um, She's like, you don't think there's a spark? He's like, I'm trying to figure out if there's a spark. She's like, it's such a bad sign. I wish you'd been honest that there's no spark. You have to have a spark. I feel used. At the end of the day, I feel like you're just having fun. My time is wasted. She dominates this conversation and like and brands him as like an F boy. Crushes him. Um, yeah. I could have left with someone at the end, but now we're at the end and I can't. I mean, we did think, well, I did think that she would have kind of a Serene Russell run. I did think she would get engaged. Um, I did too. You weren't honest with me. Don't think you're getting my rose tonight. And GITMs, I don't think he came in for TRR. Blasted. And Tyler cuts his losses here. I think what was happening in Tyler's mind is like, fuck. He's like trying to do the the math on it. He's like, am I about to get a villain edit? Is that what's happening here? And rather than stick around and try to talk to somebody else that night, he's just like, fuck it out. And he self-eliminates too. (laughs) Says goodbye to to everybody. And he's off, heading off into the night. Mercedes Mercedes ITMs that she wants it all now. And she feels stupid. She's back at square one. She deserves a lot better. And Tyler doesn't even get an exit speech, which also makes me think he didn't give one. That he was just silent in the car and Mm. like, nope, I'm giving you nothing. I know how this shit goes. I've talked to fucking Blake Horseman. You get no more footage from me. I think you're setting me up. You think they let them go full silent? I feel like they don't. What can you do? If a person doesn't speak, what can you do? Just drive in circles. Please take me to the airport. Please take me to the airport. (laughs) Please take me to the airport. That's all you say. You just keep doing that. They want to use that? Fine. Um, You're holding me hostage. I'd like to go to the airport. I feel like we're so robbed that we never get to see you in game. Just using these kind of lines. Just like. (laughs) Oh, I got to mark that down. You just did love level three. Please take me to the airport immediately. Please take me to the airport immediately. Please take me to the airport immediately. (gasps) Please take me to the airport immediately. Uh, Yeah, I'd be great. Everybody would love it. Um, so portion three begins. It's night. Olivia takes Michael. Sorry, takes Olivia on this little makeshift basketball date. They're using a ball of twine and some netting or something affixed to a wooden post. To this looks harder to put together than a real basketball hoop. What is going on? Here? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Strange. We get a kiss here. Olivia ITM's feeling seen and heard with Michael, which is something she doesn't feel often. She gets a colorful narrator about all the other couples and everyone uh, leaving. Jordan 
Taylor, Tanner, and Braden are the available men for the two new open roses from Jess and Mercedes. Aaron B. and Eliza discuss meeting her family. Kat and John Henry love kissing each other. Rekia and Jordan have this little one-on-one time. She says, basically, I want to give you my rose. She ITMs that he's so charming and nice and amazing guy. She's going to give Jordan her rose, not Tanner. She's made the decision. She's all exiting Jordan. Jordan is then in this group chat about his feelings for Rachel Reckia. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I can get romantic feelings for the other players. Tell them they're cute as fuck. The other players like, dude, you have a good thing. Stick with it. And he's like, well, I am going to go on an ITM and say I feel a connection with her, but I want to explore things with Mercedes. This was fucking absolutely insane to me. She tells him, I'm going to give you my rose. You have, first of all, any player tells you that. That's it. You're taking that rose. Not to mention it's fucking Rachel Reckia, the biggest player on the beach, the main character of the season, or maybe not the main character, but should have been the most important player uh, of the season in terms of the hierarchy. It's the end of paradise. What are you doing? Exactly. This isn't day one, Jordan. Do you know yeah. what sand number exactly. you are? Oh my God. Absolutely a terrible play. Um, Sorry, right before this, Aaron B. and Eliza have a short little convo. Aaron B. says, how often do you visit your family? Because I want to meet them. And Eliza does this giant open mouth, full aperture. My face play of the game. Congrats. Then we get this one-on-one time with Mercedes and Jordan. She explains uh, that Tyler said there was no spark and she wants the spark. And he tells her that he was interested in meeting her a lot, but she was with Tyler. And he tells her that he thinks their personalities mesh really well. He says that she's great, deserves the world. Mercedes ITMs that she thinks he's sweet and kind, but still confused. She doesn't even know if she wants to stay here. Portion four begins night, bird in the night, girl chat with Mercedes, Kylie and Jess. Kylie says... You don't want regrets about sticking it out until the end. They're trying to keep her there, pull her in. Just ITMs that she would normally just leave. But a small part of her is saying, I need to stay on TV. <laughs> Braden pulls Jess from the bar. Braden ITMs that he's always been attracted to Jess. So he's going to give it a shot. Leave everything on the table, a.k.a. on the field. We get this one-on-one time with Braden and Jess. And he says uh, he heard her say no guy has made an effort for her. And she just wanted a guy who would bring her chocolate. So he's brought her some chocolates here. It's a nice play. little last ditch. Um, he's just trying to piece together anything he can here, unfortunately, at the end of the season. Feels like fumes at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was tough to watch, but you know, I give him props for trying. He had Rekia in the palm of his hand and just shit it away. I know. I think that might have been the error of the season. Hundred percent was. Hundred percent. And he kind of recognizes it at the end. We get this one on one time between Jess and Taylor talking about dogs. She says her family dog is named Elvis. <laughs> and that's all we hear from Taylor. Tanner comes over to steal. <laughs> that's all we heard from Taylor the whole season was this he got a dog named Elvis. That was his, his contribution. <laughs> I didn't even know who this was. I was like, who is this? <laughs> oh, this poor fucker. Yeah. Jesus. He's just like, oh no, a main character is coming over, I guess. Yeah, go talk. He should have blocked it. Here's what I want to say to the producers of Paradise and to the producers of Bachelor at large. Let Pace Case and I produce a season of Bachelor in Paradise. It couldn't be worse than what we did this season, guys. Come on. Can't be worse. And I guarantee you it'll be a lot fucking better. 
please. I mean, I absolutely agree. <laughs> when when I see this guy Taylor coming in there, although I don't know if I agree that it couldn't be worse. What if this Olivia didn't wasn't on this season? I don't know who else could have been on this season. You know, it's like I get it. Every once in a while, a night one player pops off or something, but like Popeye, God, it it's just massive problems. At any rate. Tanner here steals from Taylor talking about his dogs. And we get this one on one side with Jess and Tanner where he calls her a good person and says he feels for her and that he's there if she needs anything. And she asks him, what about you and Rachel? And he's like, yeah, I gave her a rose, but I realized it was more of a friendship rose. And uh, seeing her being so into Blake, which closed her off from everybody else, was actually a green flag to him. It proves she's loyal, super attractive quality. And it made him uh, think about not leaving paradise without getting to know her at least a little bit. She seems receptive. And she feels so weird right now. And he's like, you're, you being open to this is enough for me to want to stay here. We get a little hug. Good line. Very strong play here. Uh, he's doing everything he can. It's just in these last iterations, these last few days of paradise before you get to the big engagement shit at the end. It's like, this all feels very desperate. It's, it's impossible to make good plays here. Mm -hmm. He's just doing what he can. Everyone's homie hopping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Loads this all eggs one basket with Jess. We get to the next portion. It's rose ceremony. And DLP says, one guy goes. Eliza gives to Aaron B. Kat gives to John Henry. Kylie gives to Avon. Olivia gives to Michael. Sam gives to PP. Jess gives it to... Oh, God. <laughs> Tanner. But yes. Taylor steps forward knife to the heart good play i thought i thought it was a good, good play, play. <laughs> he, at least he gets a little screen time here um <laughs> did you notice that when they begin the rose ceremony it's happy hopeful score then after sam p gives to pp tense game show music comes oh. in because now these are the players that we don't know where the roses are going it's just so like beating you over the head with it uh yeah we then see also when when Taylor does that step forward, we cut to Cat and Cat does a secondhand embarrassment full lip blowout in reaction to Taylor's embarrassing move. And this was my face play of the game. You know, Cat, hmm. say what you will. She became a villain, but. Uh, I loved what she did a lot in this season. And oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Just a very good uh, full lip blowout out of exasperation. Thank you, Kat. We then see Mercedes give Jordan that rose, and Rachel Recchi is up last. She was going to give a rose to Jordan. We see her face fall as soon as Mercedes does it, and she goes up there, picks up the rose, and leaves the rose ceremony to have a moment by herself, and a camera operator emerges from the oh. shadows to follow her, and this camera operator was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Hats off to you, camera operator. Fast thinking, fast moving. This camera... Very fast moving. I didn't see him, but I didn't see any other bystanders, so he was also my... <laughs> Jorge, 
Yeah, well, he was fast enough to track DLP's dark movements through the shadows as DLP tracks down Rekia. And uh, Rekia tears and says she wants to leave. She says if there was a point where she needed to go, she would go. This is that moment. Produces tears. He hugs her. And uh, Rekia in an ITM says she had no expectations, but she made mistakes and learned a lot about herself. She comes back to the players, says goodbye to everyone. Even if she's not leaving with anyone, Paradise has been good for her, still praising the process. A true uh, company player here. DLP tells the other players that Rekia leaving means her rose is forfeited, which means Taylor and Brayden are going home. Rekia produces ITM tears about how amazing the experience has been, but she's sad it's over. And Rachel Rekia's self-elimination was my... Play, 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 play of the game. You heard me correctly. I know I gave Blake an error for the exact same play. Unfortunately. I know I say every episode, never self-eliminate. I do too. But uh, I'm just saying that in this case, Rachel Recchia is above this game. And... She has been, in my opinion, treated very terribly by the franchise from moment one. And uh, this felt right to me when she did this. It was like, look, I said when I'm done, I'm done. And I'm fucking done. And I applaud her for that decision. I think it was the right one for her. She got all the screen time she was going to get out of this season anyway. What was she going to do? Give that rose to fucking Braden. I guess they could have palled around and done something funny, but that's like kind of over. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be like ready to engage now. I think like what's going to happen with um, Tanner and Jess is like they'll be in it for something shitty for the next episode, but they're not going to get engaged. It paints you as more of a fool, I think, you know. So I think she gets yeah. to walk away with a little bit of dignity here. I mean, that's why I think Moines, it's like this is the week to get out before you're mm. forced to have a conversation and and decide. Um, well, I mean, you know, the great one had a ring picked out for Jen Saviano and then had to ultimately say, like, I just don't think we're there yet. Remember uh, that shit? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could follow that that great path. You can take it all the way up to the moment where you have to get on your knee and propose and then be like, look, I've really thought about this and we're just not there yet. And I don't want to do it if I'm not a thousand percent. Use the Gary line. Thousand percent. Yeah. What's wrong with doing a fantasy suite? You know, no one's even used the boom, boom room this whole goddamn season. They're advertising this with sex. There's yeah. no sex. There was more sex there was more sex on Golden Bachelor than there was on Bachelor in Paradise this year. Ugh, I hate that. Um, I mean, when you're seeing Love Island and people are all banging in the same room, it's like Bachelor in Paradise needs to step it up. <laughs> and uh, Or at least have a good story here or there. Uh, but we see then Braden gets in the car for his exit speech. Uh, he's deflated. He feels like he shouldn't have gone on the date with Becca. Correct. He burned a bridge with Rekia. Mm -hmm. Correct. He has Correct. to do better and be better. Correct. Correct. His acknowledgement, though, of the error of the season, uh, respect for that. He at least could see what, what he had done wrong and learn from it. We get a promo for the final week. And it plants a little seed to maybe hook up with Rekia later. Yeah, possibly. We do see them together a lot. They were both there in the audience of, of Golden tonight. But um, yeah, they're obviously friends. <laughs> to some degree. 
But we see then Taylor gets no exit speech and we get a promo for the finale next week. A party, kisses, romance, Aaron B, love level four is Eliza Cat will be engaged. Avon and Kylie fight about engagement as tears who will go home heartbroken. It's just hard to watch any of this. We get a tag, crane in the water. Who's getting married? That's Kenny and Mark. Yeah, somebody's getting married. Um, we get this tag. There's a crane in the water. Cat and John Henry talk about having to always pee in their small bladders and that he pees in his wetsuit when he goes diving. Who was your MVP? <laughs> Shit, I have FEMA written here. <laughs> For her run after Blake Moines. Oh, wow. Kylie was my... M M M M V P She was STCOing up a storm and I loved it. Yeah. Uh my MVP was someone different. For her gracious appearance on Bachelor in Paradise season nine and for suffering through everything she had to fucking suffer through during the course of this goddamn season and Bachelor at 19 and Bachelor 26, Rachel Recchia was my MMMMMVP. Thank you. Rachel Reckia, for your service in our game. I think you are a vastly underrated player, and I don't know how history is going to remember you, but I will remember you as somebody who never got a fair shake and never really got what you deserved out of this franchise. So I thank you for your incredible service. I agree. I even thought like the way she did it, her exit of being like, I have the power, and I'm going to stop this rose ceremony. Like, I... I yeah. say when production starts or stops, like it was very bachelorette yeah. of her. And I liked that she maintained that the whole time, even though they disrespected her greatly. I agree. Um, you know, will we see her in game again? I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever even see her on reality TV again. I don't think so. Um, but I will say this. We have not talked at all about this. I don't think what? since it happened. No. World's toughest tests. Special forces. Did you see who won it? Yes. Nick Vial and Tyler Cameron, as well as Erin Jackson, I believe is her name. She's an Olympic speed skater. They were the tri-champions of it, which means now, including Hannah Brown, who co-won with, I believe, an Olympic soccer player last season, um, all three bachelor players who have entered this game have won it. All of them. Mm-hmm. And it's grueling. After watching a season of it, I now know it is some of the shit they force them to do is insane. It is fucking hard. And a lot of it's psychological. How far can you push yourself? How much like complete shit are you willing to just like take? Uncomfortable conditions, physical pain, all this kind of stuff. Most of it's psychological. And Bachelor players are dominating this game so far. It's insane. Why do you think that is? Because I think they're psychologically incredibly tough. They've also chosen very high-level players. I don't know like if they have to start getting down to grocery store Joe. I think he would fold in the first week because he's soft. But somebody like Vial, somebody like... I think I would watch it if grocery entered. <laughs> interesting. I think he would wash out very quickly. I don't think he's got the psychological fortitude. 
Vial clearly does. Tyler Cameron clearly does. Hannah Brown. So you think it's psychological? Yes. These are champions that they have in there. Tyler Cameron was a football, college football standout who had some NFL prospect. He was second place on fucking Bachelorette. These are high-level competitors. Vial, of course, we know what he's done in the game. Hannah Brown, we know what she's done in the game. These are high-level competitive people. Yeah. And they're all like physically fit, too. Uh, they're all athletes of some kind, which I do think plays a part in it. But at any rate, I'm I'm covering that or have just covered it. Sorry, the season just ended of World's uh, Toughest Tests and all of it is on our Patreon if you care to join me in Clues Corner at Game of Roses or at uh, patreon.com slash Game of Roses. What are we covering in the Palapa? Vanderpump Rules Season 1. So I guess Sandoval didn't win. Came very close. Very close. He was one of the almost finalists. I just, I wonder how much it's like Dancing with the Stars, which just feels like they give it to who they want narratively to win. You know, there's some of it that is that. There's like some subjective dancing around, you know, whatever. Like, basically, you just stay in it until like you you decide to leave. Until the very end. Then it comes down to this one thing they make you do. And there's like kind of some subjective judging of it. But like, not really. You know what I mean? Hmm. It, I don't know. Okay. Check out that final episode if you want. I, you know. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about a game that has three winners, three tied winners. How many people are initially in it? I think they started this season with twelve. A fourth of the people win. Seems like a lot. Maybe it was sixteen. I don't remember. But I don't. I look. I know that that sounds bad, and I too thought at the beginning of the season, this show sucks. I don't really want to watch this. I'm just basically watching it to see Nick Vial, you know, like have to quit. And he never did. And by the end of the season, I was fucking in. I was like, oh damn, this is a good show. They have a fucking thing, uh, a circle of pain adjacent date. It's not a date, but they have a circle of pain style game <laughs> where they, <laughs> they have a, I don't think I know what the show is. They, <laughs> They make all the players who are still around, they've been there for like five or six days. So they're like beaten down. They're physically exhausted, psychologically exhausted. They sit them down and they say, one thing about special forces is you get dropped behind enemy lines. And if you don't come back, like that's a real risk every time you go on a mission. So you have to be prepared to die. And therefore you must write a letter to your loved ones as though you are deceased and this is the letter that they will be given. And so everybody had to sit down and write these fucking things to their moms and dads. Vial wrote it to Natalie Joy, of course. And it was like from the perspective that they were dead and they're all sobbing. And then they have to read them out loud to each other. It's fucking insane. He's like, you tore fairy tales to shreds. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was. It really was crazy, and there were some very interesting takes on fame given by Tara Reid and JoJo Siwa at certain points throughout the interrogations. Hmm. But at any rate, uh, check that out. It's on our Patreon if you want to. And thank you for joining us tonight for this breakdown of the historic Golden Bachelor season one uh, finale. Some incredible play, and um, I just I can't wait to see what's next in the Golden franchise. I think we're gonna get our Golden Bachelorette announcement soon, and it's got to be FEMA. Gotta be. Mm, so proud of her. I just can't see any any way around it. Me too. So proud of the champion from Young Country. Indeed. We will be back on Tuesday with our top 10 takeaways of this season. I don't know how we're going to fit it all into 10. There's so many things to take away from what Golden Bachelor was. I know. So much. And uh, yeah, we hope you'll join us for that. But until 
Then, as always, before we go, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,921 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 